0: Good morning, Victor Outreach Inglewood, and welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. Once again, I am so happy that you're here with us. I've been blessed throughout the week. Uh, This was a great week. This last week, Uh, I've been blessed and thank you for sending in your prayer requests. We've been praying for you. And I wanted to say congratulations to Brother Freddie. He read through the entire Bible. He finished it earlier this week. Amen. That's good news, Freddie. It it took him, what, 12, 12 years or or 12 months, 12 months. Amen. So congratulations, Brother Freddie, for your great accomplishment. Amen. And uh, and God's doing great things in Freddie's life, bringing healing to that brother. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to be reading to you from the book of Joshua, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Fascinating story. Read the story, read this, you'll be intrigued. At the the greatness of God and his promises to you through this story. But this is what it says. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. It says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, When it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, they shut the gate. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning for your anointing upon the reading of your word, that you would speak to our hearts and that we might hear what it is you desire to say to us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You know, last week uh, I spoke about a topic that I mentioned would be perhaps one of the most terrifying things a person could do. Uh, uh, You know, even a Christian terrifying. uh, And that was to place those that we love into the hands of God. Something that should not be terrifying at all. But it becomes terrifying because we release control when we give our loved ones over to God and trust that God knows what to do. That's a terrifying thing. Even though it's an act of faith, it becomes frightening. Well, this week I have an even more frightening proposal to offer you. One that is absolutely more terrifying than the last one. What if I told you that at some point in your life, you're going to need to trust somebody? That's right. To put yourself, not in the hands of God, but to put yourself in the hands of a person. To put yourself in the hands of people. To trust somebody. Yes, you heard me right. To trust people. That at some point in your Christian walk, you're going to need somebody. I'm going to need somebody. And God will put you in a situation where you're going to have to trust that somebody, right? Now, trusting people is not a bad thing. And don't look at me that way, Jacob. I I can see you from here. I can see you. Trusting people is not a bad thing. To find someone you can trust is probably one of the most beautiful experiences in human life, especially when that person is a husband or a wife, right, a a good friend, and you can trust them. You can completely trust them with your life. Those who will watch your back, those who will protect you when you're vulnerable, uh, who will help you when you're down. There are very few things in this life that are more comforting than to know that someone has your back, someone you can trust and you can place your life in their hands. But unfortunately, we've all experienced broken trust, mistrust, and even downright betrayal. All of us have experienced that at some point. And it's created a callous around our hearts. Where it becomes difficult to trust somebody there. There was a story I've told and I've told it many times before. There was a guy here years ago and he had a tattoo uh, and and it was Chinese letters. And I asked, you know, what does that mean? And he says, well, it means trust no man. I said, oh, wow, you, you read Chinese? No, no. And I thought to myself, well, how do you know? You trusted somebody to put that on you. For all you know, that could be uh, the recipe to wonton soup. You don't know what it says. Not if you don't speak Chinese, right? Deep down inside, I believe that every one of us, we have a desire to trust people. All of us have a desire to trust. And here in this story, Israel and Jericho, right? Right? They were two nations at odds with one another. They were at odds because Israel had been released from Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. And this was territory they had to pass through. Now, now they were simply minding their own business, wanting to get to the place that God uh, called them to get to. But on the way, Jericho kind of stood defiant in their path. And refused to let them pass peacefully. And so they were enemies. And even though they had not had any confrontation yet, these two nations were at war with one another. It was like the Crips and the Bloods, right? Like Democrats and Republicans, like Norteños and Serenos, right? They were at odds with one another. And even though hostilities were brewing between these two countries, Joshua, the leader of Israel, took a risk in saying, Man, I'm going to send a couple of spies to spy out the land. I want them to go into the city. I'm going to take a risk that they won't be noticed. I'm going to take a risk and and hopefully they'll be safe. Man, we've been trusting God so far on this journey and God has seen us through on this journey. I'm going to trust God with this one and we're going to send these spies into the city. Now, Jericho was a fortified city, which means that it had a huge wall all the way around it and a huge gate, a single gate that they would open up during the day. But before night falls, they would close the gate and lock it tight to protect the the city from invasion. right? And so each night as the sun went down, they would lock the gate and make sure that everybody inside the city was safe. So the spies arrived in Jericho sometime in the evening, just before the gate was shut. And out of all the people in Jericho... Out of all the places that they could have gone and all the the members of that community, right? They could have gone down to, uh, you know, there there may have been a coffee shop down one way, uh, you know, the potter's house on the down the other way. Out of all the people in Jericho whose hands they could have fallen into, God led them to Rahab. God led them to this woman, a prostitute. The Bible says, who was perhaps the least reputable person in the entire city. But this confirms the fact that God is able to identify the highest qualities in those of us who are the least likely of people. God sees you. God knows you and knows the capacity you have for truth, for honesty, for goodness. And he selected this woman. This woman recognized the spies. I'm sure everybody in the city recognized the spies. But not only did she recognize them and and why they were there, she had a fond appreciation for the fact that they had come and that they had come to her house. Verse 9 tells us that she had heard about how God dried up the Red Sea when they left Egypt. She had heard about how they had swept other countries that that got in their way. They completely swept them out of the way. How God fought for them. Countries larger than them, more powerful than them. With God's favor, she understood that they were invincible. They were invincible. And now they're here in Jericho. Now they're here, these two spies, trying to blend in. And keep in mind, because this is, it's humorous to me, but but keep in mind that they were wearing the same clothes that they were wearing when they left Egypt. The Bible tells us that God would, uh, you know, would keep their clothes from wearing out, their shoes from wearing out. So close to 40 years, they were wearing the same clothes. There was no old navy in the desert. There was no forever 21 in in the desert. So the day they showed up in Jericho, they showed up old school. And I'm talking 40 years old, old school, right? Everybody recognized. them. Check these guys out, right? Super old school. And there's no doubt that they were noticed. And every other person in that town would have pulled their covers in an instant to let the king know, hey, I know where they are. I I saw them come in. I know exactly where they are. It was no secret that they had gone into Rahab's house. People saw them. They stood out to everyone. That's why that knock on the door eventually came to Rahab's house. And as soon as Rahab had a sense that that they were on to her, as soon as she had a sense that she was under suspicion, That they would come searching, that the cops would come with a search warrant about to raid her home. As soon as she had a sense of that, she hid the spies there on the roof of her house. And at the time, uh, they would build their homes with a flat roof where they can store things and and just hang out uh, there on the rooftop. She had uh, stalks of flax like reeds. Like stalks of like bamboo and, and just laid out, drying in the sun. And so there was an opportunity. There, there was a place to hide these men. And so they literally put their lives in her hands. Man, interesting story. They hadn't known her for more than an hour or two. They, they hadn't gotten acquainted with her yet. They, they hadn't had time for companionship, to build up trust To build up loyalty. They had just met the woman. And all they had was a superficial acquaintance. But this woman understood God's faithful promises to his people. She understood that. She understood why they were there. And that God would protect them. And that he would provide for them. And that he would even fight for them the way he fought for them when they encountered other nations. It was the providence of God. That that far-seeing ability of God to know what's ahead and to provide for them whatever is ahead, to provide for the challenges, to provide for the threats. It was the providence of God that directed the spies to her house, the right place at the right time. Just as they harvested the flax, right? They could have come at any other time. And there was no place to hide. But just as they harvested the flax and she had stacks of it on her roof, drying in the sun. Perfect place to hide these guys. God provided. This was the providence of God. This is the ability of God to know what we need and to provide things far out ahead of the time that we get there. God said, go to that house. Right. She may not have the best reputation. She may not be seen as the most dignified person in Jericho, but out of all the people in the entire city, she's the only one that you can trust. Put your lives in her hands. Trust her. Trust her. She is mine. Trust her. God had been working in her heart. God had been speaking to her during the waking hours of her day. You know, and she's probably daydreaming and thinking about Israel and thinking about all the things that they have done uh, as they encountered various kingdoms. She knew the kings. She talked about Sihon and Og, the kings of of these other countries that had been decimated by Israel. She knew she had been thinking about these things. God had been speaking to her in her dreams as she lays in her bed at night, dreams of of what He had done for Israel, dreams of how He promised them, and He came. Uh, through on every promise he made for them. She understood God and his purpose. She heard the news of their battles, how they conquered nation after nation. Now they're here. And when everybody else in that town would have given them up, when everybody else in that town would have blew the whistle, pulled the covers on them, right? Uh, uh, pointed them out under the flats, Rahab proved, to be loyal. She was loyal to them. This was not accidental or by chance, right? God knew that there was one person in all of Jericho that, that would be true to them. And God sees he's able to connect people. He knows who is best for you. He knows who is who will be trustworthy, who will who will keep you and keep you safe, who will watch over you and and, and guard you in, in time of need. God knows who that person is, as well as those that you can't trust. God knows. He provided these spies with Rahab. He provided them with her, regardless of what her testimony may have been to others in the city. God provided her for these two spies. This was not accidental. Eventually, the king himself sent out his search party and said, you know what? I'm going to look for these guys. We're going to find these guys. Because everybody in the city that saw them enter in, uh, they, they stood out like a sore thumb. They knew exactly where they had gone. So the king sent a search party. But Rahab proved to be a faithful friend. Faithful, reliable, man. She, she had their back. She had their back. She was a Canaanite. She, she was a member of the city of Jericho. Those were her people. That was her king. But she was loyal to the men that God sent to her house. And this morning, there may be someone listening to this message in need of someone you can trust there may be someone in need of someone you can rely on, a friend, someone that you can, can share your, your deepest, most intimate secrets with, and they won't go blab it out all over the Internet. Hello, right? There may be someone in need of, of a friend, and, and you may be wondering if there's anyone like this, if this is, if this is a reality, if this could be real today. That God can can put two people in two different worlds together. Someone who has your best interest at heart. Is that possible? Someone you can count on. Someone you can trust. Can God do that for me? I want you to know that this story is not a story about the spies. Even though they kind of take center stage. And it's not a story even about Rahab. And she gets a little more of the spotlight than the spies do. This isn't a story about them. It's not a story about the spies or Rahab. This is a story about God. It's a story about God and how God is able to bring people into our lives. It's a story of how God works To bring two totally different people in different worlds together when we need someone to trust the right people at the right time. Because trust is something we all need, not just from God, but trust is something we all need from people. Right. Trust in a spouse, a husband or a wife. Trust in a parent, trust in a friend, right? Neighbors, coworkers. Can you imagine if we could trust neighbors and coworkers? Oh my goodness. If we could trust them, right? If we could trust family members, hello, somebody. We live in a world where trust is nearly impossible to find. I woke up the other night and Debbie was like standing over me. I was asleep. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. Trust is hard to find sometimes, but God is showing us that even in the most hostile environment, this was a hostile environment, that even in the most hostile environment, during a campaign of war in the territory of a sworn enemy, at a time where trust and loyalty were the least likely qualities you would expect to find in the life of a prostitute, God is able to bring a Rahab into your life. Oh, the odds may be against it. There may be a mountain of things opposed to this happening. A mountain of things, challenges and obstacles opposed To God, placing someone in your life that you can fully trust. But God has proven in this story who he is for those who trust him. God is able to do it. God is able to bring a Rahab into your life. A person who has your best interest at heart. Someone who thinks the best about you who thinks the best about you, just as Rahab did. She thought the best of these spies. She didn't listen to the noise in the city. She didn't listen to the things that, that people said. Uh, you, know, you know, she understood the truth. And she said it there in verse 11. For, for the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. She's saying, man, I, I know what time it is. I understand what time it is. I, I know what's going on. And I've got your back. Right. Someone who will open their lives to you. God is able to provide that. A Rahab who will open her. her li- this woman opened her home to them. She opened up her home. She risked her own life to protect them, even when her own king came looking for them. Right. I have your back. Rahab may be more reliable than your closest friend. You think about it, man, because even our friends let us down from time to time. All right. I was reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 20, verse 10. All my friends know the low rider. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong verse. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, perhaps, he will be deceived, and then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. He says, These are my friends. All my friends are waiting for me to slip. Job, it was Job in, in 19, verse 19, chapter 19, verse 19, that says, All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. Right? Even Jesus is described through David as he prophetically spoke in Psalm 41, verse 9. And he said this, Even my close friend, whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Oh man, sometimes it happens with friends. The closest of friends, right? You know, where do you go? To so whom do you turn when you need somebody in your life? How, how do you find that one that will, that will be there for you, that, that you can count on, that, that, will, that will have your best interest at heart? You know, we don't find Rahab by searching for her. That's not how you find her. We don't find a friend like that by chance. You, you don't find a friend like that by common interest. What, what are you into? You know, and, and, and oh, this, this has got to be the one. We find Rahab only by the providential hand of God. God brings people together. God brings us together. It's when people search for something. It's like I said last week, they refuse to let go of control. And they, and they want to find a people in their lives. They want to build their network of friends. It's when we let go and say, God, God, I, I trust you in this. I, I'm in need. I am in need. God brings a person like this into our lives just when we need them the most. God knows exactly what he's doing. It requires the providence of God. This morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us, because this is a need we all have. And, and if we haven't been there yet, we'll be there where we will have to trust someone. So this morning, let me pray for, for us this morning. Amen. Bow your heads right where you are. And let's pray. Father God, we ask this morning for your grace upon our lives. We ask, my God, that you would protect us. And watch over us. We know, my God, by your, by your wisdom that you see far out ahead of us. That you know what we need in our time of need. And so, Father, I pray for those of us, for the lonely Those of us, my God, who who wonder and and feel a a bit vulnerable, who need others to to guide us, to walk alongside of, uh, of us, to encourage us. I pray, Father God, that you would send that person, that intimate friend, that close friend, someone that we can rely on. We rely on you for this, my God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And if there are any out there this this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal savior. I simply want to reach out to you and and I want you to just uh, a simple prayer. Will you pray with me? Will you allow Christ to be the Lord of your life? Just pray with me this these these words. Heavenly Father. I have done wrong in my life. But this morning, I am ready to make a decision for you to be the Lord of my life. Change me. Transform me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I receive you now as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. For those have said that prayer this morning in sincerity and faith. God is entering into your life right now, undoing the wrong and restoring all that was taken from you. God is doing a great work in your life, even this very moment, lifting the burdens and everything, making everything new. So, you know, get in touch with us. We'd like to hear your story and we want to pray for you. And until we uh, come together again. Whether it be virtually or right here in our service, we look forward to seeing you. God bless you.